How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into our continuation of talking about Las Vegas. So on Sunday, I talked about you know how I got here, what I learned about my experience here, just how uh, entertaining, unique, money-making, uh, I mean, every... Every type of like good adjective I could think of, I could just describe Las Vegas with. But um, it's been nothing but just interesting stories from the moment we landed here and chose to live here five years ago. But uh, yesterday we talked about just an elephant in the room. You know, Vegas has definitely been uh, one of the hardest hit cities during both the financial crisis and this current pandemic. Anything that affects uh, travel and tourism to our city just greatly impacts uh, a lot of people's just net worths. And so uh, it's even impacted myself as well. But uh, the city is a a city that's a very strong city. There's a lot of people here that um, stick around. They, they, um, they hold their own. And then eventually they just, they see the optimism because a majority of my friends that I have see the potential in the city and, and the city has a lot to offer. And so it has a lot of, uh, pretty much one of the things that makes Vegas very unique is that pretty much anything that you're, that you have of an interest, you can find out here in Las Vegas. If you love musicals, you can find them out here. Museums, you can find them out here. Um, video games, sports, uh, cars, water sports. I mean, you name it, you're going to find it out here in this small plot of land in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's just fascinating. It's just to this day, it's one of the things that it's, it's so wild. Like I know for a fact, I don't have to Google if there's ever something I want to do. I don't have to Google if it exists in Las Vegas. It definitely exists here because the city is always trying to attract new traffic here all the time. How to get more residents, you know, with more residents, it means more growth in the city. More growth means more things that we can offer to tourists. More things we can offer to tourists makes the city more appealing. And the, the, the circle of life of Vegas just continues to grow and grow. And today, what I want to talk about is not so much all the different things you could do in Las Vegas, but all the different ways you can make money in Las Vegas. And so this is coming from someone, again, just a, a disclaimer. This is coming from someone that worked in a the nightclub and pool party scene for three and a half years. And in working in that industry, learn just the multitudes of different ways you can make money uh, being in a position like that, where essentially uh, my job is to network and meet new clientele. Anytime there was new travelers to Las Vegas, my job was to position myself in front of them and, and sell them on why I was the person that should be in charge of like hosting their whole weekend or, or week or however long they were planning on being here in, in Vegas, why I was that person. And essentially, when when I first got into this industry, I absolutely knew nothing about hospitality. I never worked in a hospitality industry. I mean, I worked as a server for a restaurant, but I mean, we're talking about a very small restaurant. That was my first job. Um, and so, all of this was new to me. Um, I started off as a as a promoter, just like a uh, introductory promoter in Las Vegas. And all a promoter's job, I've went over, I went over this briefly on Sunday. Uh, to all my friends that live here in Las Vegas, you could probably skip out on this podcast. This is really for everyone else. Unless you just want to see if I, I touch base on everything and then give me some criticism after the, after the episode's done. So essentially, I started off as a promoter here in Las Vegas. And what a promoter's job is, is essentially, and I start off as an entry-level promoter. 
my job was honestly, uh, I started working for a club called Marquee out of the Cosmopolitan Hotel. They're unique in the sense that they're one of the very few clubs that have both a pool party and a nightclub in the same venue. They don't have two different venues for the two different events. And um, I loved it. I mean, I still do. Like uh, going to Marquee, I haven't been there in forever. Honestly, like once I left, I, I stopped really going and visiting. But it's like family over there. Um, a lot of my friends I still have are are work there and or used to work there. And it's just it's a very family oriented club. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed it a lot more than some than working for a competitor. After working on Marquee, I just started to see the structure for a lot of other competition. Not to downplay anyone because I mean they all have their ups and uh, like their ups and downs like what or like benefits and, and cons should i say marquee was like very family oriented it wasn't the busiest but it was like in in the middle it was like not the busiest not the slowest it had consistent good traffic all the time it didn't have the worst djs or the best djs it just had uh great djs um and then for certain big events we would have some excellent djs as well there's just a lot of history with marquee um and you know, also with the clubs, they, um, they're they owned by parent companies. So Marquee is owned by a company called Tau Group. They own Marquee. They own Tau, which is another nightclub and pool party. They own Lava, which is a restaurant, and then Beauty in Essex, which is another restaurant out of the Cosmopolitan. And uh, they have multiple different venues all over the U.S. And, and all over the world. And essentially, our competition was uh, Hakkasan Group, which has too many clubs to list off, but some of the big ones are Hakkasan at MGM, Wet Republic out of MGM, uh, Omnia out of the Caesars Palace, and that's about it. <laughs> um, they have like a whole bunch of other clubs as well, but it's not as big as those, those three clubs right there. Um, then you had the Wind Group, and, and the Wind Group is just the Wind and Encore Hotels. Uh, they, they personally own their, their venues, and pretty much everything inside those hotels are owned I want to believe almost everything in there is owned by the wind group. Um, and essentially that's the, the big ones are Encore Beach Club, which is to this day probably one of the most popular beach parties or pool parties, should I say. Excess, um, uh, one of uh, the most popular nightclubs. And then um, those are like the two big ones. The other ones are just not, not worth listing. And then you have Dre's out of the Cromwell, which is kind of its own entity. And then you have... Um, Light out of Mandalay, which is kind of its own entity as well. And those are kind of like the big clubs. There are a ton of other ones I didn't list. I mean, there's just too many to, to go off and, and list all of them. And, and there's always more to become uh, as the years progress. Honestly, if it wasn't for COVID-19, we probably would have seen two more new, new clubs open up this year. But that just obviously had to get um, put on the back burner. And so my job was to, when I first started, I had no clientele, I had no contacts. And so my job was honestly to just start networking with different clubs. And so I would, on my off time, and uh, even sometimes I would be paid for this as well, I would go and network with other nightclubs. Because the reason why is uh, essentially not everyone wants to go to Marquee all throughout the weekend. I mean, as much as you would want them to, and they don't want to go to Tao. Um you know your traffic wants to go to other clubs, so you want to have a relationship with other promoters and other hosts, which I'll, I'll get to in a second what they are. And a promoter's job is honestly just to fill a club. That's all their job is. So they have a 
minimal requirement of guys and girls that they have to bring into the club every single event that they are scheduled for. And so for Marquee, I was scheduled Friday day, Friday night, Saturday day, Saturday night, and then Sunday day, Monday night. And so I had to make sure I had an X amount of traffic that would go into that club. And so that was my job initially as a starting promoter. And I did really well. I excelled at it pretty quickly. Uh, I networked with with some, like I quickly knew, and this is just a fun fact for anyone that gets into any industry and you want to excel at it. Always what you do when you go into a new job, you want to find, especially if it's a sales job, you want to find the person that's killing it in that industry. Doesn't necessarily mean, mean in your store, but let's say in your region, if you have the capabilities of reaching out to these people and they're willing to share things with you and pick their brains, you know, pick always. I've ta- I've learned that a long time ago. I don't even know through who, but um, it's just helped me out tremendously in almost every career I've picked up on. And um, so I instantly gravitated towards like the people that were generating the most traffic to marquee. So I started off on, a, on an entry level promoting team, but I didn't really click well with that team um, because uh, I wanted to network with like the, the the people I wanted to work up to, which was like, there's like on Marquis team, they have two different teams. They have like an entry level promotions team and then a, like a in-house team, which makes a ton more money, but they have like a stringent uh, requirement if they don't hit the requirement and it's very lenient, honestly. But if you don't hit your requirement, then you don't make any money whatsoever. And so uh, that's the only downside to that to that position, but you have a lot of flexibility. You're not really required to do, um, you're not really required to have to go on a strip and have to promote to a, a ton of people. You only really get on that team once you have like, you've developed a relationship with different clubs and you have an existing relationship with a lot of people that can feed you traffic and you can feed them traffic. And then you already have a Rolodex of people as well. I got promoted to that team within four months. Um, and it was just because I worked really hard. Um, I didn't really have the Rolodex, but I had a lot of feeders from other clubs that would feed me traffic. And so I moved to that in-house team. And then I wanted to, to become a host and um, for a while, but I chose not to because that job requires a ton of your life. <laughs> you practically live at the club as a host. And so it's essentially, um, I stopped at like the, the uh, a level where I was called a girl guy position. That was the highest I ever made it at Marquee. And that's like an in-between between a host and a, and a promoter. And or generally it, it is like that. At Marquee, it's not really, it's more like the, the highest position promoter you could be. But at other clubs, it's more like a, it's generally like a host. So you're, at that point, once you're a girl guy, you're a host. You kind of leave the promotion team and then you go to become like an entry-level host. But um, a girl guy's position, all it is is just to generate, um, an influx of girl traffic to the club. And this is just for, or just, just to generate demand in general, like whatever the club needs for that specific day, like the type of clientele that they have coming to that club, your job is really, that's why you're called a girl guy is to generate, um, that kind of traffic for that specific night. Your job is really to have clientele that no matter what it's asked for for like bottle service clients. Like, and this is why most, most girl guys are, are like part of the host team. Um, Oh, excuse me. A host, their job. <laughs> so promoters are just to drive traffic into a club, men and women. A host's job is to find those, um, find people. And again, this is through networking with other clubs, with other hosts, with other promoters and, and developing a Rolodex, but a different type of Rolodex. This is just not a general spender. This is someone that's, wanting to spend a lot of money to have a res- reserved spot, a table, and bottle service. 
So that's all a host deals with. They don't deal with promotions. They don't deal with entry. They can if they want, but they don't really get paid on it whatsoever. And so you would just go about doing that. And essentially, I became a host via a different means. So like with Marquee, so my first year was just a learning experience. I wanted to just learn Marquee. My best friend who told me about Vegas was trying to get me into understanding like, dude, there's so much income potential to be made in Las Vegas. I was like, that's great. But I just really just want to focus on Marquee. And so I did that. And then my second year, I put Marquee on autopilot. I had a system in place where I could put Marquee on autopilot and then put a lot more of my time on working a, a different thing. And so one of the first things you learn about Las Vegas, and and by the way, you make great money in those industries. Uh, like during the summer, you could easy easily clear, um, like if you're working hard, you could easily clear, you know, in six months, you can clear about six six figure income. And, and if you're doing it right and you're at the right position with a club, you could easily do that. Now, if you can't do it with your individual club, this is where you make six figures from is essentially... Um, one of the things that I learned, I started with my best friend and I, I just learned inadvertently from like a lot of other friends and other people I started to network with in the industry, um, was other clubs tend to need traffic at their, at their locations. So what they do is they only reserve this for certain companies, but they have companies where they 1099 a, a business to generate more traffic for them. So they have their in-house promotions team and then they pay other companies to feed traffic as well because they need to make this club look busy. If it doesn't look busy at all, then no one's going to be buying bottle service. No one's going to be coming to your venue. You have to look like the it venue. And so they spend a lot of money trying to you know fill these clubs up as much as possible. And so they have their promotions team that they rely on, but they know their promotion team can't touch every single customer that comes through Las Vegas. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of people show up every single weekend and, you know, you have to be able to take care of, you know, you have a team of 30 people. They're not going to be able to touch a, a majority of those people. And so you have other businesses that you have contracts with that they're jo- you pay them a certain amount of money uh, for uh, a, like X amount of people. And it's a lot of money. It's a good amount of money. So sometimes what these businesses do is, uh, especially if they're having a slow period, and this is one of the first ways I got into it, was you could essentially feed them traffic and they'll pay you per person that you feed. So what, let's say instead of me giving my traffic, um, there was a up and down to this. Essentially, instead of me giving my traffic to another promoter that's not going to pay me out, but he's going to rub my back by feeding me traffic, I could feed it to one of these businesses and they would pay me for that clientele. And so after my first year, I already had enough of a Rolodex with people and I had like social media at that point, which got established I had a website where I, I generated a lot of traffic via SEO and all of that. And so I, I had a lot of traffic coming to me where I didn't really need to promote on the strip anymore and I didn't really need referral traffic anymore. And I started to get very selective about where I wanted to send my traffic. It wasn't just, you know, now I can admit to this, but I didn't always send my traffic to Marquee all the time. I would send them to places where I would make the majority of my money. I did make a lot of my money consistently from Marquee. But I mean, there were days where I could make a lot more if I sent that traffic somewhere else. And so essentially, I would weigh in like what club was going to pay me the most for for uh, at, like a group of like, let's say 10 girls or 20 guys. And I started sending them to other clubs and making more money. And I was like, wow, this is great. And then another way you can make money is that cocktail waitresses at, at most venues they have a requirement based off of the scheduling that they have. So a cocktail waitress is essentially the ladies that bring the bottle service. 
to your table. And um, for whatever reason, cocktail waitresses at some clubs have a requirement where they have to generate, they have their own guest list and they have to uh, generate like a, like 10 people a week, a minimum to have a good schedule. If they don't do that, they could potentially lose their job. And so these waitresses just don't have the time to deal with promoting a guest list. So they reach out to promoters like myself at the time and they would pay me a considerable amount of money because essentially their their schedule and their schedule is very important. I mean, they're talking about the difference between making like $1,000 on a weekend to like $3,000 on a weekend. And so, you know, some of these girls would pay me anywhere in the amount of like $15 to $20 a, a guy or a girl for their guest list. So you, you do the math, you have like four or five cocktail waitresses that you're feeding traffic to. That's an extra $1,000 a weekend you can make. Um, and so like you start to learn like, uh, and then the, the minimum you generally make from like a, being a, an, a, like a promoter at your club is like you make on average about $5 a guy and $10 a girl. It can be a lot more than that, but I just, I'm just making a roundabout average. If you look at all the different promotion teams and all their different prom, uh, like bonus structures, every club pays completely differently, but just on average you get a salary and then you get $5 a guy, $10 a girl for every single person you generate to the club, which is a ton of money. Honestly, you could clear out, you know, an easy 800 to a thousand dollars a weekend just at your club itself. If you're, if you're doing it right, then on top of that, you're making money on bottle service because for whatever reason, promoters can make money off of, of selling bottle service at their club. And, uh, at the time for me, it wasn't really much at marquee, but at other clubs, that's where it was a ton of money. So other clubs, if I sent like, let's say a person told me they wanted to buy bottle service, I could send them to a different club and make anywhere between 10 to 30% on whatever they, they're willing to spend. And most clubs have a minimum spend requirement of a thousand dollars. So you're talking about per group that's willing to buy bottle service. You're making anywhere between a hundred dollars to $300 per group like that. And so if you work that pretty well, you can make a ton more money from that. And then you get tips from clients as well, especially if you're taking great care of them, they'll, they'll normally shoot you a tip. And so that's where I started to become like a, uh, a host and, and essence, like, uh, that's where a lot of my like social media is like, I go by JNLV host on my social media. And that's where that really came from was just being able to host my traffic in more ways than just sending them to marquee. And so you're feeding them to like other venues and then you start getting customers and it's always your customers. They start to ask you questions like, Hey, do you have any deals on like hotels next time I come by? And I'm like, I don't know, but let me reach out to my friends and see if there's a way I can do that. And slowly you start getting asked questions from your clients and then you find out from other people in the industry. And, and this is why it was so important to network with other people, especially that knew what they were doing. You learn immediately that there is a ton of other ways you can make money. And so I had a website through a company called Clientivity where they would pay me 5% on every hotel booking. I didn't really push it that much. Um, I just didn't want to deal with logistical issues. Um, I have a lot of friends though that that make a bajillion dollars off, like a ton of money, most of their money actually from clientivity itself. And there's other companies um, that do the same thing where they'll pay you 5 to 10% for hotel stays. And then um, then you would have you know groups. A lot of people are coming out here for fun outside of the club scene. So they would ask you like, Hey, uh, shooting ranges, do you have any good deals on that? Do you have any good deals on like luxury cars on like limo service? And after a while you start to reach out and you find out that, yeah, 
you can make money off of pretty much everything like uh, restaurants. You can on certain restaurants, you can make anywhere between five to 15 to 20% off of a minimum uh, booking that someone books at a restaurant. And most restaurants, the average plates cost anywhere between 25 to $30 a person. So you can make an easy 20 to 50 bucks a person at a restaurant reservation. Um, with limo service, they have like a minimum spend requirement. And then normally you make about 20% of whatever that spend spend requirement is. So they have like a minimum of an hour that they have to book a limo out. And normally it's like a hundred dollars. So you make about $20 for an hour, but depending on the type of limo, if you do like party buses, you can make a ton more money, especially if they're reserving alcohol service on the, on these limos as well. And so you can make on average between about, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars a person's limo ride. And, um, where else can you make money? Uh, like all these like different like like luxury car events and like going to shooting ranges and shooting, all of that. Like it's like anywhere between like ten to twenty percent you can make money. Again, it's like anywhere between fifty to hundred bucks a, a group. It could be a lot more depending on the size of the group. Your average group, by the way, is like a group of like four. Uh, so you have like two couples generally. I've had groups as big as like fifty people and as little as just a single person by themselves. But on average, excuse me, it's like five, five to six, five to six people. It's like your average size group. And so it's a considerable amount of money. And so uh, like if you're working your summer right, you make a ton of money. And then on top of that, there are people that are looking for like pole dancing classes. Again, that goes into like events, but strip clubs, Las Vegas is known for strip clubs. I mean, it's known for some of the largest strip clubs in, in in the U.S. and in possibly the world as well. There's about like 10 to 15 of them um, and they all pay you out, all of them. Because again, these places need the traffic because um, dancers uh, need money for, I mean, they, they the more traffic they have there, the more people are going to be spending money. Alcohol is expensive in a strip club. Food is actually uh, really good and, and not as expensive. And then the dancers themselves require money as well for, for certain things that they do. And we're talking about lap dances and, and actual dances. We're not talking about anything else that's illegal here in Las Vegas. Um, so they'll pay you a considerable amount. And when I say considerable, I mean considerable. Because on average, for like the average girl, you'll make anywhere between $15 to $20 per girl that you send to a strip club. And only certain strip clubs have like male strippers for females. But a majority of like strip clubs are more geared towards men or people that just find women attractive. And so for every guy that you sent to a strip club, it, we're talking crazy numbers. Uh, you're talking anywhere between as low as $40 to us, like for really like strip clubs that are struggling or just launched. You're talking about like as high as like 75 to a hundred dollars a guy. And so, um, you start to realize that guy groups tend to be, uh, you can make the most money off of. And so if you had like a large group of guys, Generally, with most clubs, they don't really get in for free. There's only a few like clubs out there that allow men to get in for free. And so you can make money off of like promoting to them like, hey, you should probably get bottle service. And it's just a, it's a different dynamic. Uh, tomorrow's podcast will go into just if you're a customer, what tips and tricks to how to really minimize how much money you spend. Um, it's going to be very controversial You'll just have to accept it for what it is. It's just the way the industry works. It's been like that since I been, like got there five years ago. Um, it was like that before, and it's still going to be like that now. They really navigate it pretty easily with just the way their verbiage is, but I'm just going to give it to you pretty direct on 
you know, who's going to be spending the most money and, and, and for those that are even going to be spending money, how to maybe save some money on like period. But yeah, honestly, uh, during the summer for six months, if you can work and where, uh, when I say work, that industry requires absolutely no work whatsoever. Like the first two years, if you hustle your ass and you network, right. And you're on the strip and you're putting yourself in front of people, You'll never have to work in quotation marks ever again. Like a, a majority of your work will be over your phone. It won't be like in front of a person. Like all of my work after my first year was just on my cell phone. It was just dealing with people asking me a million questions and, and trying to organize things for them. And, you know, I rarely call people because most of the time everyone does everything via texting. And so you would just text different people. But, um, and this is coming from a guy that doesn't care for money. All I care about is saving time as much as possible. And so I found multiple ways to save a ton of my time to be able to do what I wanted to do, which during this time period, I really ran with it. When you work in this industry, you tend to get alcohol for free <laughs> and it's really unhealthy. And so um, when you go to like other clubs, you'll uh, you'll have these things called drink tickets that you can give to people nor- normally reserved for your clients but you tend to just save them for yourself and your friends. And so um, you can get pretty intoxicated from that. And then when you go to other clubs, they have the same system there. And so when you have like people, friends from other clubs come to your club, you could take care of them with free drinks. And then you expect the same when you go over there. And then uh, on top of that, if you develop great relationship with hosts and you send them a lot of like table traffic, they'll go ahead and book you like bottle service for free and they'll comp you like bottle service and that's just something you could do for people in the industry. You can't really just do that for anyone. It's just you had to have a legitimate reason. But everyone in the industry kind of takes care of one another. So, um, you know, if you had a good, good enough relationship, you were able to kind of get all this stuff. But, yeah, so, like, if you worked really hard, not even two years, like, if you worked really hard for a whole year, like, let's say an entire summer, maybe even a winter, and you worked super hard, you networked, you promoted yourself pretty hard. This means like you're, you're developing a social media account. You're staying on top of like all other people that have come to Vegas. You reach out and ask them like, Hey, if you have ever have any friends or family members that are coming out to Las Vegas, please, you know, forward my information to them. And I would just want to be the host for every single thing that you do here in Las Vegas forever and ever and ever and ever. And you just push it that way. If you work hard enough for a year and you like go out and meet at least 50 new groups every single weekend, for six months, I mean, you're set, honestly. I think you're, like, you could, you should you continue working hard? Yeah, but that wasn't my mindset. My mindset was once I had a, enough of a Rolodex was just to, to to do absolutely no work whatsoever and just make, you know, an easy, like, 60, 70K a year and not really have to do anything. I mean, and I, I, when I say absolutely do nothing, I mean, I, I have enough friends and people that could probably vouch on this podcast to say, like, they probably saw Jason Navarro do absolutely nothing and I'll probably ask themselves like, was this guy even surviving at all? And, and the answer was yes. Um, but I have a lot of other friends that, I mean, uh, hopefully my guest this weekend, if he ha- finds the time to get on my podcast, um, this person, you know, started off easy making six figure income and worked his way up to making, you know, quarter mil to, you know, uh, it's just too much money, honestly. And so, um, for those people that work really hard, I mean, it's, it's an industry where you could just make a stupid amount of money. And the only requirement you have to have is no background. Uh, you can't have a criminal background cause we are licensed. So you can't have a criminal background, but you have, you have no requirement for a degree. 
there's plenty of opportunities to move up. And honestly, it just looks great on your resume after the fact, especially when you could just put on there that you have a Rolodex of, you know, like on my cell phones, like on all my different cell phones, I would have never thought of the day that I needed different cell phones, but like on my different phone numbers, I have like a combined of like 15,000 contacts and that's nothing. I mean, some of my friends have like 20, 30, 40, 50,000 contacts on their phone. And that, that's invaluable. That just, that kind of like outreach to people is just ridiculous. If I wanted to, I could just easily probably promote this podcast to like every single person on my, my phone. I just don't do that. Like after I left that industry, I kind of wanted to just, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to get away from the industry, funny enough, was because I just hated being on my cell phone all the time. And I actually had a system in place where, um, and I'm going to go over that in a little bit, um, not tomorrow, but on Friday's podcast, where I'm going to go over like some tips and tricks where essentially I cut my time in half or more being on my cell phone, but even the little amount of time, I'm talking about like 10 to 15 hours a week. It was just annoying. I just I got tiring after a while, just seeing the same type of questions and um, just people having access to you 24 seven is just, I don't know. It was just for me. It wasn't for me. And so um, nowadays I just kind of only really take care of like really good clients and like some local traffic. That's just been really good people like that have always been reliable but anytime I get like a new person, unless it's coming from someone that I know is like a good con- like client, I just, I tend to just like forward it immediately to someone else. I'm like, here, you, can you take care of this for me and just pay me just whatever? I don't really care. Um, but uh, it's, it's honestly a great industry. And the cool thing about this is I'll never have to live in Las Vegas ever again, right? Let's say I wanted to take this serious. This is really the great thing about this industry. You can work in it really hard, network for three years, Right establish a, a network and I'm talking about like promoters, hosts and, and uh, promoters and hosts from different venues and everything of that nature, marketing clientele and all of that. And that develop that Rolodex, make it strong. Like I have a strong Rolodex of those people, people that, you know, are going to stay in that industry for a long time. You could leave Las Vegas forever, travel the world. And as long as you know how to market yourself on social media and how to market yourself on, on like a website, I mean, will you make as much as if you were here? No, but can you make an easy 30 to 50K a year? Oh, for sure. For sure. A hundred percent. And so that's one of the beauties of this city is like, as long as this stuff is a thing and, and they're con- going to continue paying for traffic, you know, I, and I don't see that disappearing. If anything, it's going to become so strong next year. They're probably going to be paying so much for trying to generate traffic. But, um, so yeah, if you, if, you know COVID-19 is coming to an end. You're looking for an opportunity to make a lot of money. You're willing to network. You're willing to talk to people. You don't have to be just a guy. You could be a girl doing this as well. I know plenty of girls that, that kill it in this industry. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I have a ton of resources I can forward you, like a ton. I don't mind at, at all. And outside of that, um, if you have any other questions like, you know, how do I get licensed out there? Like how difficult is it? It really isn't that difficult at all. Um, and most companies really pay for all of this stuff. And so you don't really have to worry about it whatsoever. And like, if you're looking for like, when's the right time to move to Las Vegas? I mean, like I said, you can only, you can move here for half a year and then go back to your hometown, spend the other half there if you wanted to. But uh, I'm going to end it on that note. Holy hell. I didn't think this was going to be a 30 minute one. Um <laughs> 
Anyways, I hope you guys got enough information from me. Um, I went over a lot. Remember, promoters, their job is just to generate traffic to a club. So just guys and girls. Generally, they don't really handle much. But, I mean, most promoters, if they want to make a ton of money, are multifaceted. So the, the, the idea of being a promoter, host, whatever, it's really just a blur. Like, you're a promoter for a club. But, I mean, you, your promoter probably does everything. And so he's not really just a promoter. He's probably a promoter, host, uh, a concierge, everything. Then you have hosts and their idea, their job really is just to work at a club and their job is just to generate um, income for the venue by selling bottle service and setting reservations for tables at the, at the nightclub or pool party. You have cocktail waitresses where their job is just to, they make a ton of money from tips from essentially taking care of the clientele at the tables after the fact. So, they just bring the alcohol. They answer any questions for people at the club. They, they do a lot of tailoring services for them. Uh, you have security and security just a security. Um, I didn't really touch base on them, but even they make a ton of money uh, in unethical ways. And generally, they could lose their job from it. But, I mean, they can help people get into a club um, if you take care of them and you tip them out well enough. So it's normally frowned upon in their industry, but a lot of them do it anyways when their boss isn't looking. Um your management, they don't really do much. Don't ever, you don't really ever need to really befriend man. I mean, could you get something out of befriending management? Yeah, but it it's just, it's so much easier to go through someone else, honestly, than have to go through management. Sometimes it could be uh, not reliable. Unless you have like a really great relationship with them, then that's completely different. Um, or like if your host or promoter friend or you're like just in general just became a manager, then yeah. You know, that's a different story. Um, and then, yeah, then you had like um, just all the other unique industries. I just so many, I can't even go over all of them. But essentially, like I was saying on Sunday, from the moment someone books a flight to Las Vegas, if they tell you beforehand that they're planning on coming out here, you can make money off of everything. You know, just uh, their limo service, their entertainment, their clubs, their stay, their just every single thing they plan on doing, their alcohol. And so it's it's one of those rare cities where, you know, you can make easy, you know, three to four hundred dollars a group of people that you know if you're working hard enough and you're doing what you need to do. Um, but outside of that, I just uh, nothing more. <laughs> I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Okay, no more. I could talk about this industry for so much, so long. But tomorrow, I'm gonna go into if you're a consumer and you're planning on coming to Las Vegas, what can you do to save yourself money? Questions that you should just like refrain from asking. It's just the tips and tricks, like how to make your 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 travel to Vegas a lot easier, and how to um, save yourself the most money as well. Until then, I just want to say thank you to everyone, and I will catch you guys all manana. Peace. <laughs>